together, not to want to be able to sing songs. Like, I was just listening to you guys sing. I was standing in the back, and I was just listening to the congregation. I was listening to it. And so here's the thing is being in that worship, being able to realize, you know what, I'm in His presence. You have prepared, and it's powerful, and it prepares you for what's ahead. I feel like that when we gather corporately in worship, whether it's on Sunday, Wednesday, or Monday, or Tuesday, or whatever day it might be, it prepares me for what's ahead of me. And oftentimes, it also is a time for me to be, you know, just able to th- say, God, thank you for getting me through this past week. Maybe it's been a tough week. And you go, God, I just, I just want to thank you. God, I just want to praise you because you're greater than anything that I face. And so it should be the desire of every Christian to worship corporately, to come together. You know, and I know that there are people that get wounded by church all the time. There are people that don't like church, people that don't like people at church. And here's the thing is, as long as there are people here, there's going to be problems. Nobody's perfect. You know, I'm not perfect. I mean, I have plenty of things. I'm, I, I am one of those who, who messes up on a regular basis. Thank God for His grace that He saves me. And here's the thing, that He, he, he uh, convicts me and He rebukes me. And so all of us have to have that mentality. You know what? Everybody here, you know, is in need. It was red and He rolls it out there and all of a sudden, it, you know, it begins to get darker and darker. It gets black, begins to get cold and cooling off. Anyway, a few minutes later, the pastor takes the poker and he rolls it back into the, with the rest of the embers. And soon that ember begins to take back on the heat and it's orange and it's glowing like the other. And he gets up and he puts the poker back in the thing. He goes, Bill, it's good to see you. He turns around and walks out the door and the guy goes, Pastor, great message. (laughs) Hey, when we get isolated, we can get dark and we can get cold. We need to be in the fellowship of the believers. I think we all know that, you know, Satan, man, he's busy right now doing what he can to destroy anybody and everybody. That's his job. And just like a roaring lion, that's what Scripture calls him, says he prowls around like an angry lion or a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, kill and destroy. And so oftentimes what a lion does, he picks out the weak. He looks for the one that's alone. You know, I I love National Geographic videos and I, I love watching all the stuff in Africa and all these different things. And any kind of predator often looks for that one that's alone. The one that has kind of drifted off from the herd. The one that is out there by themselves. You know, and, and, and so what happens is too often, you know, that, that lion will pick out that one that's by itself and go after it. And Satan does the same thing. And so there's, there's going to be times that we kind of get isolated and we, we distance ourselves from people. And we say, well, you know, I don't really need the church. I don't really want to be a part of the church. And I don't really need anybody in my life. And I don't need this. And I don't need that. And we distance ourselves. And all we're doing, we're setting ourselves up to be easy prey. So the question is, do I have to go to church to be a good Christian? In Romans ten seventeen it says, So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Faith comes from hearing God's Word. And so for my faith to grow, I need to hear God's Word. I need to be in a place where the teaching of God's Word is taking place. And so look at this, this next one here. It says, It should be the desire of every Christian to give towards ministry, missions, and outreach. That should be the desire of every Christian. And, and, and we, we go, you know, is giving... That important. God gave. God gave everything He had. He gave His only Son. He gave His best. And so in the church, you know, we do talk about giving. And we talk about returning God's tithe. We talk about giving above and beyond. This past year we had a record uh, give whenever it came to the big give. Most we've ever taken up as a church. And, I, and, and guys, I hope you all uh, you know, look at those reports and see 
all the different ministries that we get to invest in and support. Now, this, I, I shared with y'all just a few weeks ago, there was a truck that was, uh, that we were able to help purchase over in Africa where our team is headed over there. We've got a team going to Africa, to Zimbabwe in April. And what they'll do is they'll use that truck to literally get our team around, but we were able to give $500 towards that truck and some other churches did, and we were able to purchase a vehicle for Pastor, uh, uh, Matthew over there, uh, that's not his name. Pastor, I can't think of his name. But anyway, he's, uh, he's the one that was involved in the accident when I was in Africa back in November, and a guy, uh, was killed. And, uh, and so there's pictures of his truck. You've probably seen where I posted on Facebook where, uh, he was killed. His wife was hurt really bad. And, um, anyway, so we were able to get him another vehicle. So that's one way that you give. But there's ministries that you invest in. Uh, the Pregnancy Crisis Center that, uh, that literally makes a difference right here in our community. You guys invest in it. You give because you believe in that missions and ministry. And so they, there were literally tons of salvations, like 18 different salvations that took place last year. Girls that decided not to abort their baby. Man, that's powerful. You guys invested in that ministry. And so whenever you give, you know, here's the thing. You corporately can make a big difference. And people, most people know this, but when we, when we come together... And we give just a little, you might say, well, Mike, I've only got $5. Hey, well, give what God puts on your heart. But here's the thing. Somebody may give five, somebody may give 500, somebody may give 5,000. But all together, it makes this incredible difference that can literally make the difference in the lives of people. And it supports missions and ministries all over the world. And you get to be a part of that. The main thing is just being faithful to give and being obedient to what God puts on your heart. So let's, let's read this passage here. It says, this is Paul writing again. He says, I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. For I know how eager you are uh, to help. And, and I have been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you and Greece uh, were, all, were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the, of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. In other words, your giving can be contagious. People go, you know what? Man, they gave. They made a difference. They, they were able to invest. And so it, it stirred up another church. He says, but I am sending these brothers to be sure you are really ready, as I have been telling them uh, that your money is all collected. And I don't want to be wrong in my boasting about you. Uh, we would be embarrassed, not to mention your own embarrassment. If, if some Macedonian believers came with me and found that you weren't ready after all, I, I had told them. So I, I thought I should send these brothers ahead of me to make sure the gift you promised is ready. But I want, to be, I want, I want it to be a willing gift, not one given grudgingly. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And you must decide in your hearts how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. And then you will always have everything you need, and plenty left over to share with others. As the Scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. And so what, what he's saying right there is, hey, listen, church, you know, you said you were going to give. Man, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, overstep this. I don't want to get up there and be embarrassed and say that y'all are getting, y'all are like, what are you talking about? So he's trying to make sure everything's clear. But he's saying, hey, listen, give what God puts on your heart to give. And give as a church. He's not calling any one individual out. Like, hey, 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 Bobby, I want you to give this amount. Hey, Susie, I want you to give this amount. That's not what he's doing. He said, hey, church, I want you to give whatever God has put on your heart to give and give, you know, cheerfully, excited that you get to be a part of the kingdom. And so when we give as a church, as Journey Church, man, I pray that we always give with joy and excitement. 
And here's saying we get to come together as a body and do that. As a local expression of the body of Christ, we get to invest. And here's saying same way they were doing it there. We get to invest in other ministries and other missions and other things and other places that are doing things that we can't do. We support a lot of missionaries. We support ministries that are, are specialized and they focus, they're almost like special ops for the kingdom of God. And they get to do some things that we're not good at. So we get to invest in it. So here's the thing. We come together to give. So we pass around these offering baskets. It's not just to turn the air conditioner on in here. It's to invest in the kingdom of God. You know, one of the cool things, they're doing a soft launch today over in our children's area downstairs. And uh, so for the last few weeks, they've been doing a complete remodel to create an, an atmosphere down there for the children that is fun and it's fresh. And so hopefully these kids will hear the good news of God's teaching that we just got through talking about in a way that is age appropriate, that those children will hear the gospel. They'll understand that God loves them, that Jesus is the only way to heaven, and they'll put their faith in him. And here's my prayer is that they will make that decision at a young age and grow up and become a faithful follower of Christ all the days of their life. Wouldn't that be awesome? They don't have to make some of those decisions and mistakes that we've made. And so we want to invest in a great children's ministry. But here's the thing. It's what all of us can do together. It takes money to do ministry. I tell people that all the time. And they're like, no, no, it no, yes, it does. It takes money, money to do ministry, to meet the needs of people. And if we go back, again, New Testament church, that's what they do. They collect the resources to be able to bless others and to meet the needs. And so it's one of the things we do. So every believer should desire to be a part of missions and ministry and outreach. Every, everyone should be a, want to be a part of it. But this is what I would say too. It's not just, hey, let me stroke a check and be done with it. But you need to be involved with it. Sometimes it's easier, hey, I'll just pay somebody to cut my grass rather than get out there and do it. But this is what I would say. Sometimes it's better to get involved and do it rather than pay somebody to do missions and ministry. You need to be a part of that. If you've never been on a mission trip, I want to challenge you to pray about going. I know we always think, I'm going to go to Mexico, or I'm going to go to Brazil, or I'm going to go to Africa, and I'm going to go help these people. And you know what they do? They help you see God. They help you grow in your relationship. Those people that you're ministering to are helping you in your walk with Christ. And and here's the thing, it will radically change you and impact you. And I know everybody in here is probably going, Mike, I'd love to go, but I can't afford to go. It's because your God's too small. You've got to believe that, you know what, God wants me to go. He'll provide. He always does. He gets there who needs to be there. But you've got to be willing to go. He won't force you to go. And so I want to just, I want to encourage you, man, to pray about giving. And when you give, to give with the right mentality. And there's the thing, be willing to go and be on mission. Be, be a part of the outreach. And so here, here we go. Here, so by, by good, let's talk about that. So our question was, do you, do you have to go to church to be a good Christian? So by good, do we mean, and this is my question, I guess, for, for you guys, do we mean obedient? So by good, do we mean obedient? Do we mean impactful? Do we mean a difference maker, a follower of Christ? So in other words, to be a good Christian who, who is making a difference, who is really living out their faith, does a person need to go to church? Or the next one here, you know, so by, by good, do we mean in right standing with God or in others? By a good person. Is that, is that, what do we mean by in order to be a good Christian? And so my, my answer to that question is, is to answer the question is yes. I do think you need to be a part of church. I do think you need to go to church. You might say, well, I figured you were going to say that because you're the pastor. No, I believe it's because that's what God's Word teaches. You have to be here. You have to be a part of it. You have to be a part of the fellowship, the assembly, the encouragement, the words, the teaching. 
the ministry, the missions, the giving. And so in order to be a good Christian who lines up with God's Word, and in order to be one who is literally following what Jesus taught, what Jesus modeled, then yes. Now some people say, well, does that mean you've got to go to church to be saved? No. You don't have to go to church to be saved. You don't have to go to church to have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. You don't have to do that. The thief hanging on the cross showed us that. He said, Jesus, will you allow me to go with you? And he says, hey, son, you're going to be with me in paradise today. And so hanging on the cross, he wasn't in church. But the thing is, is you, you don't have to go to church to be saved. But I'm telling you, to be a believer and to be a follower of Christ and to really be walking in your faith in a way that honors God, yes, you need to be a part of the church. It's, it's spoken over and over throughout the Scriptures. So to justify missing or justify being out, that's sin. I'm just telling you, that's sin. And here's the thing, you miss out on all that God is doing, not only in the church, in you. And I'm one of those, you know, I, I love to see people here. I love to see people, new faces. I love to see people that are coming to know Christ on a regular basis. I was telling someone the other day, it blows my mind how many people we get to see coming to know Christ on a regular basis. This past, this past Thursday night, we, we celebrated Leah Chandler's life. And, and you know, we, we presented the gospel in there. One of her granddaughters put her faith in Christ. You know, and getting to see that on Thursday night. The Sunday night that she breathed her last breath in this world and her first breath in heaven. Her, her grandson prayed to receive Christ. And I'm thinking, how awesome to see God use, even in our death, people realizing that there's life in Jesus Christ. And so for us as a church to present the gospel and to, and to let people know how they can be saved. And here's the thing, is to be willing to serve people, to greet people, to love on people, to accept people. That's, that's our responsibility. And you've got to be here to do that. And, and so I would say this, you know, to answer the question, yes, if you can be here, be here. And we talked about it in the beginning. Maybe, hey, if you're in the hospital, you're going through chemo, uh, you're in the hospital and you can't get out. You know, you, you've got things going. We understand that. If you have to work, we understand that. If there's a ministry opportunity and you have to go and do something. I remember one Sunday morning, you know, tornadoes have been ravaging our state for the last few days. And they've been hitting everywhere. Really, over the last couple of months, they've just been ravaging the state of Alabama. I remember being on staff at a church and one had hit on a Saturday night or early Sunday morning. And everybody was like, are we going to church first? And we were like, man, we've got a neighbor in need. Let's just go there first. And, and, and it was kind of like, hey, there's an ox in the ditch. And let's go take care of our neighbors. We can come back and do church later. We can gather together even if we have to do it tonight. But let's go meet this need that, that, that's right over here. And so there are times that we've got to be willing to say, hey, listen, let's go do whatever it takes to minister to the need around us. Now, there are times and there are, are reasons to miss. And, I, and I'll touch on one that... A lot of people probably get uncomfortable with. But when you're on vacation, I know a lot of people say, hey, man, I'm on vacation not only from work, but from God. And I don't necessarily agree with that. When I'm on vacation, I'll be honest with you, I look for a church to go visit. I want to see what God's doing somewhere else. You know, I mean, I, I preach most of the Sundays in a year. And so for me, I like to go hear what God has put on some, some other guy's heart. You know, and there's been many times where I'll go and God will give me a fresh word there. And I'm like, God, thank you. You know, and I'll go and it'll be a different style of worship. And I go, God, it's awesome to see how you use all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. God, thank you that I'm just I'm a part of your team. And so I know that there are some of you who go, hey, well, I want to be able to rest and relax. There's, there's, to me, there's nothing more restful and relaxing than to be in the very presence of God. And go, you know, God, thank you for meeting me right here. And I know like, it's the popular thing in this day and age to say, well, you know what? We're on vacation from church and everything. And maybe for staff. You know, they go, you know, dude, I have to work every Sunday. I have to do that. Maybe it's a little bit different for them. I don't know. But for me, I want to go to church. I, I, I want to go worship. 
I want to go see the hand of God at work somewhere else. And so it's, it's up to you. That's a personal thing that you have to deal with. But I'm just saying, why not line up with these scriptures that we've read today and desire to be with the body of Christ? And so next steps for me today, maybe this is you. I'll check my motivation for why I attend church. Maybe that's you today. You just need to weigh that out and say, you know, why do I come? Is it because my wife gives me a hard time if I don't come? Is it because my husband gives me a hard time? Is it because my neighbors will think less of me if we are at home on Sunday morning and sleeping in? What is my motivation? And so is your motivation to worship the one true God? Is it to worship in truth and in spirit? Is is it to gather together as the body of Christ and to be able to lift up holy hands and sing songs of praise to the God who has redeemed us? Is my motivation, hey, I just want to see my friends. I had not seen them in a week. And these are guys I like to hang out with. And so is that your motivation? Is it to hear the Word of God? Is it to be taught the Word of God? Is it to be challenged to walk and to live out your faith in such a way that you make a difference in your workplace? So what is your motivation? Is it so that you can gather together as the body of Christ and, and, and literally give so that great things can be done for the kingdom of God through our meager resources? That when we give them to God, He multiplies them. So what is your motivation for coming on Sunday morning? My parents make me come. I'm supposed to do this. If you'll remember, every statement I said was every Christian should desire. So what is your desire? What do you desire? Do you desire to know God? Do you desire, desire to worship Him? Do you desire to know His Word? His will His blessings, His presence, His peace. What do you desire? Are you chasing the desires of the world, the desires of the flesh? And so, yes, if you want to be a good Christian who is obedient, impactful, making a difference, a true follower of Christ, I believe, yes, we should be part of the church. We should be involved, engaged. You know, and I know there's many of you that maybe you've been thinking about and praying about joining the church some of you, it's been six, seven years. We, we have people that have been coming to church for six, seven years. And they go, hey, we feel like it's finally time. And I'm like, dude, what in the world took so long? And so my thing is, hey, if God has put it on your heart to be a part of this church, and hey, let's go make a difference. Let's be on mission. Then choose. to Hey, let's, let's, get, on, let's get engaged. Let's go. And so what do you desire? And here's the last one, the last next step. I will ask God to give me a love for His church. I don't think I could say that one enough. I want to ask God to give me a love for His church, for His people. Not this building. Not, not, not the programs. Too often that's what we fall in love with. We fall in love with a building. We fall in love with, with even the worship at times. And the worship is literally not what we're to be worshiping. I feel like there are people that become worship junkies. They worship worship rather than the King of Kings that the worship is designed to, to literally to lift up. And so don't get caught up in love in, in worshiping worship. Don't get caught up in worshiping a building. Don't get caught up in worshiping anything but the one true God. But say, God, give me a love for your church. God, give me a love and a passion for the body of believers. God, give me a love and a passion for the people that sit in these chairs. God, give me a love and a passion for the people that that love you, that have given their life to you. God, give me a passion and a love for your word. What do you desire? Be honest. With God, let me ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes, and I'll just be honest with you. Just say, God, what what do I desire? 
What am I chasing? What am I after? I think you already know. They tell us all we have to do is look at our checkbook and how we spend our time. and It'll tell you what you really desire. It'll tell you what you're really chasing. What you're really after. How awesome to be a man after God's own heart. A woman after God's own heart. To have a desire to know God. To worship Him in truth and spirit. To lead others to Him. To, to literally care for those who can't care for themselves. To, to minister to the least of these. To gather as the body of Christ. There may be some of you here that you've never put your faith in Christ. You, well, here's the tough thing. You'll never be a part of the body of Christ, really, until you give your life to Christ. So maybe for you, you realize, you know what, Mike, I've never accepted Jesus. I've never put my faith in Him. And so I want to encourage you today, if that's you, just to say, Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my life. Jesus, I confess you that I'm a sinner. I confess that I have messed up. I have blown it. Jesus, I want to ask you to forgive me. His word says that he is faithful and just and he will forgive us of all unrighteousness. And so if that is you, if you are asking Christ to come and live within you, with all the faith that you have in your heart of hearts, just say, Jesus, I want to ask you to come and live within me. Jesus, I want to ask you to forgive me. Jesus, I want to ask you to save me. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe you can save me. Jesus, I believe you can change me. So, Jesus, I want to ask you to change me. I want to quit living the way I've been living. That's repentance. I'm turning to you, Jesus. I'm turning to you and turning away from the flesh. I'm turning to you and I'm turning away from the world. It's by faith that we are saved. Our faith in what Christ has done. It's God's grace, His amazing grace. So, if that is your prayer today, the Bible says you will be saved. You will be saved. So I want to encourage you to share that with someone. If, if God has saved you, man, the church wants to know. One of the reasons we want to know is we want to celebrate with you. All of heaven is rejoicing right now if you've made that decision. We want to know. So you can indicate that on a card. You can walk back here to the VIP room and tell one of us. We'll, we'll put a Bible in your hand. Man, we'll give you God's Word. We love God's Word. We will give it to you. And so if you've made that decision, today, we want to know. Father, I thank you for loving us. God, you love us so much. You bless us so much. God, you give so many different things to us. You put them in our life. You give us opportunities. Opportunities to gather as the body of Christ. Opportunities to be a witness. Opportunities just to to literally, uh, Lord Father, just to love on you. God, I thank you for those opportunities. God, I pray for us as a church, God, that we would have a desire to gather. We'd have a a passion for the church itself. God, for the people. God, you, you would birth in us a hunger and a desire uh, to be in right standing with those around us. To be an encourager to those, to those that, we, that we do life with. And so, Father, I pray that you would just bless our church. God, help us to be a church that is uh, a giving church. God, that we're a generous church. God, that we give. God, that we serve. God, that we, we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so, God, I pray that you would use us for your purposes and for your kingdom this week. God, thank you for how much you love us. God, help us to continue to live in such a way that it's clear to everyone around us that we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.